0: So, welcome to one of our podcasts where there isn't necessarily an attendant video, but trust me, we're going to make up for it with pretty fantastic content, because I have Kate Kelly with us today. Kate Kelly, that's right, feminist, activist, human rights lawyer. She's got it all, and she's going to be talking to us about a book that is releasing very soon, releasing in March, called Ordinary equality. But it's anything but ordinary. As a matter of fact, the book is a fantastic look at the fearless women and queer people who shaped the U.S. Constitution and the Equal Rights Amendment. And I'm just so happy to have you on. Welcome, Kate Kelly. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yes, this is exciting. I was just chatting with you, I know, at the beginning before we started the recording, that um, on one hand, your book is not peculiar in the Typical sense of the word, and yet we are living through really peculiar times. Um, Yeah, ain't that the truth? (laughs) Everything is everything's weird right now, Um, particularly surrounding these issues of of equal rights, because Mm -hmm. it seems like things we, I at one point might have taken for granted that people knew now seem. To be like you know super obscure information
1: to people, mm-hmm.
0: um, so a book like this is super exciting. I wonder if you could first of all just tell us. Oh my goodness how how did you how did you come to this place of writing a book like this? Because I think you're so busy doing everything else. I I'm
1: very busy as we all are uh, in our various crusades and and living our lives. But I decided to write a book because. I am so engaged in the fight for the Equal Rights Amendment, but every meeting I went to or, you know, event that I would be at, I would be the youngest person in the room. (laughs) Uh, I'm 41 (laughs) for those listening at home. So I'm really not bringing the youth angle, uh, you know, or at least I'd like to think so uh, in my maturity. So I wanted to write something that. Captured the imagination of younger people uh, and sort of this next generation of ERA advocates, you know, that younger can mean anyone born after 1982, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. not necessarily teenagers, but definitely including teenagers, because there are a lot of really great Gen Z uh, advocates for the Equal Rights Amendment. So I wanted to reach that group of people and say like, look at this incredible legacy of the people who have been fighting to change our constitution from before Mm -hmm. it was written uh, until now. And and we're part of that legacy. And so I wanted people to feel included, not just that it was this far away thing that happened or in this case didn't happen uh, (laughs) yet uh, a long time ago.
0: Right, right. No, I love that. And I think the other, the other thing that really appeals to me is um, this, just the use of the word queer, because I, I'm queer, for one thing, but um, th- this concept that that's a big, broad group of people, and it's not just women. And when women did this amazing stuff, but I love the fact that you have put that right in the subtitle, to be like, no, this is a big history with a lot of people involved who get overlooked.
1: Yeah, I wanted I'm also queer. Uh and I wanted Ooh. it to be uh yay, go gays. <laughs> um but I wanted it to be very apparent from you know the, anyone who even glanced at the front cover of the book to know that this is a certainly a, a story about women and and very persistent incredible women but also queer people and that includes Polly Murray who is a transgender pioneer. And has been posthumously identified as transgender because, you know, the the term and the concept didn't exist right. in the 1930s and 1940s in the way that it exists now. Um, and so, yeah, I wanted to be very clear and I didn't want to misgender Polly, um, who is one of the chapters. So each chapter is about a different woman and there are 12 chapters. And then there's also a chapter about Polly Murray, who who many consider now to be a transgender person.
0: That's awesome. And I I actually you've got um, a wonderful those of you who want to go check out check out the book. um, There are some wonderful like sort of poster like images up there as well. And Polly Murray is is one of them. And I think that that's just wonderful. Um, One of the things that uh, I think, you know, people are a little bit frightened when they hear the word Legal history, right? It's like, oh God, <laughs> boring now. Yeah, um, and I, you know, the peculiar book club, my peculiars, they're they're troopers. They have read some stuff now. I mean, we've we've <laughs> we've gone through some really interesting kinds of of books, all the way back into history, medical history, surgical interventions. We've done Carl Zimmer. We've read The Wedge by uh, Scott Carney, and you know, they're intrepid, but. First of all, I feel like it's really necessary to say this is not some kind of dry academic tome. This is a zinger, like reading these chapters, they're they're living chapters, and it's very exciting and very narrative. And I'm sure that that was an intentional approach.
1: Yeah, I'm a lawyer, um, and I know that we're boring people, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, on balance. The, t- the type of l- writing that you learn in law school is not really page turner uh, uh, style and prose. So I didn't want it to be a boring legal text. There are many law review articles about the equal rights amendment. If people want to deep dive into the legal issues, uh, there are many, many of those. And so if, if, uh, if that's what you're looking for, this is not the book for you. Um, the, the, I actually barely, it's, it's funny because I am a lawyer and I do work on the equal rights amendment in my, in my day job. Um, but I, I didn't want people to get bogged down in the technicalities of the ERA, Mm -hmm. because that to me isn't the story. The story is these incredible people and the century long fight to get it into the Constitution. And the technicalities will, you know, we'll have to work those out as we go along. But I wanted people to know um, the stories of the people who really are the, at the core of this. And, and I also, I called it ordinary equality. (laughs) And when I first started, I have a podcast called ordinary equality, um, by the same name and about the same subject. And when I pitched the podcast and I said, let's call it ordinary equality. The producers were like, okay, that sounds kind (laughs) of (laughs) boring. I don't know if people are really wanting ordinary things but the reason I I really fought to call it ordinary equality is I I don't want it to be seen as some outlandish impossible goal because really it's very straightforward it mm-hmm. should it should be automatic it should be considered just just an absolute no-brainer Um, that we have, you know, ordinary equality. So I I wanted it to be called ordinary equality for that reason. But I think the stories of the people in, in the book are very fascinating. I, you know... I also, it also has these little sidebars because I, with every, you know, research rabbit hole, I went down, I was like, Oh my, oh my God, this doesn't fit into the narrative, but it's so interesting. Um, <laughs> and I want them to know about Gandhi and how he was inspired by suffragettes. And I want them to know, you know, uh, uh, about... You want them to know that Abigail Adams rage
0: texted. I think that that's really yes. important.
1: <laughs> it's very important. Um, you know, I, I want people to understand how, um, that these people were people uh and that they they did amazing extraordinary things but they were girls too they had you know they had lives they had emotions they had uh relationships they had ideas Um, uh, and and i also that's that goes back to my goal of of having a new generation of era advocates you know what i mean these mm-hmm. people were normal people just like you and that means many things but one of them is uh you can also be be an advocate for equality. Right, right. I, one of the things that I
0: I found I actually I read some of the reviews of the book and uh one that I chuckled a little bit at Publishers Weekly had described uh this is a breezy and inspiring <laughs> history and I was like breezy. Interesting. Um not how I would
1: have put it probably. <laughs> I know some people were like, Oh, that's so that's dismissive. You know, uh, why are they dismissing? But I'm like, you know what? I wanted it to be very, I guess I'll say whimsical. Um, I want whimsical. I think, yeah, yeah, I think that works. I think, so back to this whole point about you being
0: actually, you know, I think that you work as a peculiar for our, for our group. Um, (laughs) this is, this is a book that is literally telling us a super critical history about something that, my God, uh, is constantly in the press in various ways, right? Mm-hmm. Usually because we're still fighting the same fights.
1: It's not always good news. Yes. It's
0: not always good news. Um, but there is room for RIMSI. There is room to, I think, look back at someone like Abigail Adams and go, okay, on some level, I get her, you know, and, mm-hmm. and to see that there's, there's, huh, you have to find joy. Along the way, because this is—it is very frustrating to keep fighting the same battles over and over again—and so I really like the approach and the tone, and I think
1: it works incredibly well. Thank you. Yeah, I think it's funny because you know you have to find joy in the journey because we're we're fighting the same battle essentially that that women were fighting before the Constitution was even written. Right. Um, you know, it, 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 you read some of the things they wrote and said, and it's like, oh, wow, it's kind of depressing how revolutionary this seems and sounds because they were saying it in 1789, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They were saying it in 1919. Uh, and so I think, yeah, we're, we're fighting a lot of the same battles, but I think there's a real dignity in the struggle. Um, for me, it, it's not always tied to the outcome. Of course, I, I want the equal rights. Want and believe that the equal rights amendment will be part of the constitution someday. Hopefully, in the near term rather than the, the long term. Um, but but there is a dignity and and a, and a real um, you know poetic poetic purpose in in just fighting for it and and not accepting anything less than than full equality.
0: Right. No, that's absolutely true. And I'm right now working on a book that's looking at the interwar uh, Institute for Sexology and transgender and homosexual rights that were being fought for in 19 in the 1920s. And I'm going, Mm -hmm. oh, look, in the 1920s, they were fighting for these rights. and They had these progressive ideas. Oh, and then right wing fascist nationalists tried to crush oh dear i might not be doing history
1: you know it,
0: it feels very now and so i yeah. think that's another thing um i i'm hoping that we might we might be able to convince you to come on to one of our shows down the road but um i think what what really turns me on about this book is that you have these individual stories and that each chapter kind of provides you with yet another sort of nugget of goodness to go yeah this is this isn't new you know these mm-hmm. we've been fighting for this for a long time
1: right yeah and it's our legacy it it you know it's our inheritance, it's our birthright uh to to that's part of the problem too when i I, I talk about this in the beginning um in the introductory chapter, which is you know <laughs> men who tell the history of not only our country but of you know most of human history leave women out, and it's intentional. Uh, mm-hmm. it's not an accident that, that women are not included in our history books. It's not an accident that women were excluded from the, the constitution. And that's what I try to get across. You know, even women at the time, right. uh, it, you know, were clamoring to, to be counted among, uh, among f- full citizens. And so, yeah, I think it's, I think that, that cry for equality is 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 universal and is timeless. Um, and so yeah, there is something really important about telling these stories and and kind of excavating them even from people that you know people know about like Abigail Adams um, and people don't know about um like Molly Brandt, less or so Phyll- Phyllis Wheatley um you know there there are lots of people. Um, in the book, I talk about Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who everyone mm-hmm. knows, uh, but not. also Polly Murray, who who right. is lesser, lesser known. So I think it's really important to get these get these in the hands of folks.
0: Well, and I think, too, getting back to this concept of ordinary equality, we certainly have ordinary racism and ordinary sexism, um, <laughs> you know, because, for instance, how many times have we heard people say, well, they weren't racist, it's just the time period. Yeah, except there were abolitionists back then too, you know, and it's the same kind of thing when people go, well, women weren't included because that's just not how it was done back then. No, the women were there. They were there mm-hmm. and they were saying, excuse me, I seem not to be part of your plans. Um, and right. I think that's really important. So we, we, we're, we're perfectly happy to normalize the bad stuff. W- why can't we normalize the good stuff?
1: Yeah, and I think that's the point I make in the first chapter, uh, with Molly Brandt, who was a Haudenosaunee leader in, in the Iroquois Confederacy. And the, the U.S. Constitution, many argue the concept of the federalist system was borrowed whole stock from the Iroquois Confederacy. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. they knew about that system of governance to the point where they studied it and it was written about in Benjamin Franklin's newspaper and they Mm -hmm. talked about it at the Constitutional Convention. Like they knew that there existed right in their backyard. You know, this is New York State. Uh, They knew that there was an organization, a a nation uh, that functioned with women as equals and and the and the reason the other reason they knew is that in at least in the Haudenosaunee but also in Cherokee and other nations uh native nations women were the ones who negotiated for land rights right and so when they would show up to these negotiations they would say where are your women like h- how can we proceed if there are no women involved in these negotiations um and so they they had they copied and pasted the idea of, of federalism and, and then they stripped out women. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. They, they stripped out women. So it was an intentional choice. It was not just like, oh, that's how it was in old timey exactly. times. You know, mm-hmm. that's how we, women were always silent. Women were always <laughs> uh, uh, sidelined. That was totally acceptable and normal. No, there were women at the time who were saying this is completely unacceptable.
0: And I I think that that's something um, it strikes people as quite surprising, right? It's similar to the fact that you find out that there was fights for, you know, uh, homosexual and trans rights in the 1919 period of time. You People go, what? No, there wasn't. But that's because we, we we like to think that these are progressive ideas that we're just coming up with. But in fact, we have to keep resurrecting them because there's active forces keeping them down. Do you know what I mean? Right.
1: Yeah, it's sometimes it's depressing to say, you know, this thing we've been fighting for, we've been fighting for for 100 years, and it's nothing new. Um, But you know, patriarchy is not new patriarchy uh, is a system of power. uh, And, you know, patriarchy is not men, it's a system of power. And that power has existed, that system of power has existed for a very, very long time. And there are lots of institutions involved in maintaining that system of power. So, Um, you know, it, it, none of this is new. (laughs) Um, (laughs) While
0: it's depressing on some level, I think it's also really wonderful to find out that you have, uh, you have a legacy, like the rebel Alliance has been around for a long time. You know, um, you're, you're part of a, you're part of the heritage.
1: Yeah. I love that about it. And the more I found out about these stories, the more I was like, what? Like, what? They were doing what? They were saying what? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, how, I know. how do I not know about this? Like, you know, Crystal Eastman is one of the people I talk about. And she was a suffragist. Uh, and she was also involved in the drafting of the Equal Rights Amendment, which was immediately introduced after the 19th Amendment was ratified. But her platform was not just Complete equality in the Constitution, her platform included what she called voluntary motherhood mm-hmm. um you know again, this is like nineteen twenty one like this right, is this, right. they're saying like voluntary motherhood we demand voluntary motherhood um we demand uh free love, we demand w- equal wages we demand you know all of these different things that we think are you know, we're still fighting for, mm-hmm. um, they, they were talking about a hundred years ago. Um, yeah, and right. so when I, when I saw her platform, I was like, what? Like, <laughs> I, I can't believe we're still talking about this. You know, we're still debating whether or not motherhood should be voluntary.
0: And I think that what, what hurts, I think one of the things that, that suffers, right, is, is, uh, the imagination. Cause I sometimes like to sit around and think what if they won you know, where might we be? And I think that's what you, you look at the lost futures, basically, that that we might have had. But at the same time, I don't find it discouraging. I, I almost find it encouraging. They gave so much, you know, it's it's incumbent upon us to find out about them and to continue their work.
1: Yeah. And I think that's, you know, I, I don't, I don't necessarily agree that the, the arc of, of history bends towards justice necessarily. You, <laughs> it, it doesn't bend naturally. You've, you no. really, you've got to use, you know, some tools. Oh like yeah. Horticulture. You've got to, you've got to pound on it. You've got to, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you really have to um, shape what, what the future will be. And so I think um, it, it, it is striking to me that what we are inheriting is not only this like completely, corrupt and and imbalanced system of power but we're also inheriting all of the ideas and and passion and inspiration from the women all along Mm -hmm. the way who fought against it i love it i love it so tell us um this is coming out march 29th
0: 2022 Mm -hmm. right so we've got uh, a little bit of time before it comes out but it's it's soon and people can pre-order it now do you have a favorite bookstore
1: um, yeah, you can pre-order whatever your favorite bookstore is. Um, I uh, The place where I'm from is Salt Lake City. So if you want to order it from King's English Bookstore in Salt Lake City uh, or Under the Umbrella, which is a queer bookstore in Salt Lake City, that's where I'm from. Um, but also you can get it anywhere, anywhere you prefer. Love it.
0: Well, I hope that we can have you on the show, perhaps in season four, which is starting to take shape now, because I know the Peculiars would love to get to ask you questions. I Unfortunately, on the podcast, I'm the only one who can talk to you, but <laughs> on the show, everyone gets to talk to you and we name a cocktail after your book. So, you know, it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you so much. Uh, website, other places they can find you, Twitter, etc.
1: Yeah, my website's just um, katekellyesq.com. That's Esquire because I'm a lawyer and that was a very expensive degree. Uh, (laughs) So I use it whenever I can. Uh, I'm also on Twitter, uh, Kate, and I used underscores. I didn't know how Twitter worked in the beginning, but it's Kate underscore Kelly underscore ESQ.
0: Awesome. Awesome. And we shall follow you and listen to your words. And again, good luck with the launch. I know it's going to be fantastic. We are rooting for you here at the Peculiar Book Club. And it's so, so nice to get a chance to preview this text with you before it comes out. Thank you for joining me. Absolutely. Thanks so much. No problem. Just remember when it comes to the Peculiar Book Club, if you're weird, you're family.